Blog Talk Radio. Out of BC, across the valley, across the country, and around the world, this is Left of the Valley with Kevin and Karen. How are you guys doing out there? Um, unfortunately, I have to say that uh, Karen is not with us today, for some reason. Where is she? Where are those crickets? Oh, I know. But taking her place is, of course, Liam. Hello. Hi, Liam. Glad you could join us. Yes. Liam, the man that would become a barbarian one day. We got a great show going on today, and we actually have some people from CAUSE, which is a local organization that stands for Citizens Against Urban Sprawling Society. Am I correct? You're right. Right. Oh, excellent. So we got Tracy and Joanne. Please give them a good welcome, guys. <laughs> he doesn't know that's actually applauding too, right? <laughs> <laughs> welcome, ladies. How are we doing today? Doing well. well. Welcome on board, mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully we don't scare you guys away. I guess we're going to go right into it, and uh, we're going to go into our uh, This Day in History. All right. So this day in history, well, more than this day, uh, on August 2nd, 1990, uh, the Gulf War uh, began when Iraq invaded Kuwait. Um, on the 3rd, in 1492, uh, Christopher Columbus sailed from Spain. And in 1914, uh, Germany declared war on France. Uh, August 2nd, in 1914, Germany invaded Belgium, and then uh, Britain declared war on Germany as a result of that. Uh, August 5th, in 1969, Mariner 7 sends pictures of the surface of Mars. Uh, that was the first time that happened, I believe. Mm-hmm, I believe so. pretty amazing. And then the same day, but in 2012, uh, Curiosity landed on Mars. That's the, the rover, the first one. Now, I'll have to check out. Is Mariner, was Mariner before Viking or after? Might have been after. I, I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to check that into. Okay. And then August 6th in 1806, uh, the Holy Roman Empire uh, ended with the abdication of Francis II. Uh, and in 1945, the first atomic bomb was dropped on Hiroshima. Um, <laughs> yeah. So. I, I believe, I think, uh, I think I read somewhere that I think it killed like 70,000 people, yeah. that one blast, and then 70,000 of radiation poisoning soon after that. They had no idea how powerful it was really going to be, because yeah. it was bigger than anything they'd ever tested. Um, 
Yeah, they weren't sure if it was going to actually uh, destroy the atmosphere of the planet, but they did They it did anyway. it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Only one way to find out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, August 8th in 1876, uh, Thomas Edison patented the micrograph machine. Uh, That's kind of a, a, a small printing press kind of thing. Small printing press. Okay. Yeah, it was like a, a, a cheaper version of the printing press. Okay. Uh, August 11th in 1934, the first inmates arrived at Alcatraz, mm-hmm. uh, the infamous prison. Uh, August 12th in 1865, British surgeon Joseph Lister used antiseptic during surgery for the first time. Instead of using whiskey or something, right? <laughs> yeah, well, it's not something you even think of them inventing anymore. Like, no, oh, no. They no. actually clean their tools. Wow. <laughs> Good job. Um, hey, August 13th, 1521, after a three-month siege, the Aztecs fell to the Spanish conquistadors um, through war and disease, I guess. Um, and in 1942, Bambi opened in New York. <laughs> All right. And that is This Day in History. Excellent, excellent. Well, like I said, uh, we got uh, Tracy and Joanne here, and uh, Dawn, who's just uh, making faces... I'll by and entertaining the cat for some reason. <laughs> and uh, we're going to talk about cause as well. Uh, do you want to go into your science segment now or do you want to do it? That can wait. That can wait. Okay. So we'll, we'll put the spotlight on our guests. Don't be too nervous right away. What is cause, guys? Tell me about it. Well, tell me about yourself. Well, uh, cause stands for Citizens Against Urban Sprawl Society. And we're a registered nonprofit society of residents of. Mostly Mission, but also uh, down to New West and elsewhere, uh, that have banded together to try to encourage sustainable development and protection of our local environmental sensitive areas. And uh, lately, what we've done is we've started a new project called the Footprint Press. Uh, It's a magazine that's intended to uh, help educate people about local issues um, uh, that have to do with the environment and wildlife. Yeah, I've seen the the Footprint Press all all over the place in Mission. Uh, You guys also distributed in Abbotsford and Maple Ridge, too, right? Am I correct? Uh, Abbotsford, Mission, Chilliwack... We've got uh, readers in Vancouver. So you guys are sprawling, <laughs> in a way. It, it, we're getting bigger. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to use that word with them. So the uh, the Footburst Press is a, a local published magazine. You guys fund it all yourself, and you guys write it all yourself. Uh, yeah, well, uh, we uh, we're a small group of volunteers. Mm-hmm. And we do all the work ourselves, and and we just have to cover the costs of the printing. Um, So we do fundraising and and, uh, receive donations from the community to do that. Uh, It's uh, it's been a labor of love. I mean, we've done everything from scrap metal runs to garage sales to bake sales. Scrap metal runs? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good idea. Well, yeah, and and quite a lucrative one, actually, that uh, keeps things out of the landfill that you don't want there and and is kind of a recycling service for the community that translates into our printing. So we've done things like anything we can do to, to fund this. Oh. Be- because we give it away free to the community. We don't charge for it. We have no ads. It's uh, it's all just uh, financed by us. Okay, fair enough. Joanne, you're talking way too much. I'm going to have yes. to mute you right now. <laughs> uh, 
Tell me about yourself. How did you join this uh, merry band of cost people? Well, I joined originally probably about 12, 14 years ago when it first started up because we were worried about development uh, not being sustainable in, in uh, Silverdale, especially with the um, aquifers and the water issue and stuff. So we, my husband and I were part of this for many, many years, and um, we're still still supporting it. Hmm. And so when he, um, talking about scrap metal, we had two that loads. That how she looked at me when she said that. <laughs> we had two loads of um, scrap metal that my husband had sitting around the house. And when he died last year, I needed to get rid of it. So Cos got that. And I think we raised about $300 from all the stuff that he had collected over the years. Nice. So that was, you know, that was a great way for me to get rid of all this stuff without taking it to the landfill. And it was a great way for Cos to have... Um, to have money for the footprint press because, again, it's a small group of people that are working very hard to put this paper out um, or magazine out every over every three or four months. Well, and it looks great. I mean, it looks like a pretty high-quality uh, little magazine, personally. Well, we have some very experienced and very dedicated volunteers. We have people from all walks of life who, who contribute and, and do things with this magazine. And I just think it's just, I mean, every time I look at it, I'm just blown away by the talent that we have in our group of maybe 20 to 30 people. Mm-hmm. Goodness gracious. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you guys intending to do here in Mission? Well, I mean, you, you, are you setting yourselves up as some kind of guardian of the natural world? You, are you strictly environmentalists? What is your mission? Well, uh... We think that an informed public is a... I'm going to have to... A, a, a yeah, closer. keep closer to your mic. We, we think that uh, it's really important for people to be informed in order to make decisions about things that affect them, like the environment. And we're, we became very concerned that there's a, a, a dearth of uh, environmental issues that come out in the local papers. In fact, uh, nothing is very pro-development. Wait a minute. Are you saying our local politicians are not saying the truth? You can't handle the truth. <laughs> they, they can't either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there's there's a lot of uh, biased uh, viewpoint that's very uh, strongly pro-development and that seems to disregard the natural values that we have in this community. And and Mission is a unique place. It's it's bounded by the Fraser River on uh, on the south, but then we've also got the Stave River on the west, which is uh, one of the biggest salmon spawning habitats in in this area in the Fraser Valley. And uh, Silver Creek is on our east, and that's also a, a salmon spawning habitat. So it's an extremely sensitive and important uh, place, and we don't want to see it destroyed. That's fair enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think, Liam? Well, like, what kind of, other than the footprint press, what kind of stuff do you do? Like, Well, <laughs> uh, we attend public hearings and make presentations uh, to the council. In fact, there's one coming up on Monday that uh, people should know about uh, because they're they're considering lifting a moratorium on barging in the Fraser, and mm-hmm. this is going to be a huge amount of development that threatens sturgeon habitat. Mm-hmm. Sturgeon are endangered, mm-hmm. and there's a, a very uh, large population here in Mission that uh, breed in in the area, uh, and they're at risk from all of this barging coming up. So, so we also uh, make submissions to to the local council. 
Uh, we attend rallies. Uh, we're uh, linked with the uh, Salmon Advocates, uh, Lena Edwards, um, Eddie Gardner, and others that uh, are speaking for Wild Salmon, and uh, basically try to support the, the good work that's being done by uh, activists all around us. So I guess I guess the local government probably don't like you guys all that much, right? Well, I I don't know what they like, uh, <laughs> but I, good one. I I don't think that they're uh, in tune with the community. Uh, I don't think they're listening to the people, and uh, they're really only listening to the people that voted for them. What you guys might not know is we actually spoke to Mayor Adlam before you guys coming on, and we asked him what if he had some kind of strategy with dealing with you guys, and that's what he said. Crush your enemies, see them driven before you, they hear the lamentation of the women. That's his strategy, apparently. <laughs> Yeah, well, he's a pretty tough guy, but uh, <laughs> uh, we're not letting that hold us back. Uh, we're building around them. Uh, we're connecting with uh, a lot of really good people, and I think the awareness is growing. So yeah, maybe they'll catch on. And which is one of the reasons that we do put out the Footprint Press, because we want people to be educated. They don't come out to meetings. They don't come to City Hall to see what's going on, but they'll stop and pick up a magazine that has a nice picture of a an animal on it and through hopefully besides just looking at the pictures they'll read the articles as well no, and there was a playboy that would just look at the pictures well yes i know that but that's okay <laughs> <laughs> they can look at these animals and just and just learn so much from you know i mean it's such a beautiful learning tool i, I mean i think it should be in every elementary school in the country that's an interesting actually that's a great uh, idea uh, Little printing press all over the place, even for the kids. I mean, it's got it does have some great pictures, and you guys have uh, an award-winning photographer for this, do you not? Yeah, uh, our all our covers and most of the photographs are done by local photographer Bruce Classen, mm. who won a Mission News Award a couple of years ago for his photography, and and they're uh, yeah, <laughs> give it to Bruce. Uh, they're they're quite uh, gorgeous uh, because there's so much wildlife around here, and he's an excellent photographer. And this is all local wildlife. He he captures basically on his pictures. You bet. Everything wow. from bears. Uh, every issue has an article on a local endangered species. So we do uh, species at risk uh, awareness because people see these animals and these birds and they and they uh, don't know what they are. So it's uh, quite interesting for people to read about their their lives and where they're living. Um, and uh, the magazine itself actually won a Muse Award from the uh, Arts and Cultural Commission uh, two years ago uh, for uh, outstanding environmental advocate in the community. Wow. Yeah. Who writes your articles? We have articles from local activists, so people like uh, Lynn Perrin and Wendy Bales. Um, Kevin, you yourself were a contributor at one point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I believe I did write. <laughs> I did write one of my rants, I believe. In the, yes. <laughs> yeah. Into one of it. We're very pleased to print it. Um, uh, we also have um, uh, scientists and experts in their field that uh, have written. Uh, people like uh, Dr. Marvin Rosno, who's a uh, um, professor at BCIT and knows everything that there is to know about the Fraser River ecosystem and the in the fish species that live in that. Uh, river. So he did a, a really good article on the impacts of dredging on the sturgeon and the salmon and how much of it is uh, touted to be flood uh, protection and that's just bull. It, it doesn't uh, protect us from floods at all in fact um, but it creates a lot of damage. 
so that's just the spin that people are putting on to justify the kind of large-scale dredging they want to do to get those barges up Mm -hmm. that they're talking about Mm -hmm. on Monday. Uh, So other scientists like Dr. Uh, Theory Brain, who wrote an article for us on uh, genetically modified foods, and, uh, and Dr. Ken McQuiston, who is a, a veterinarian uh, out of Abbotsford, that's the lead vet at the Gra- um, Grouse Mountain Grizzly Bear Sanctuary, and, uh, and also uh, leads the recovery plan for the, uh, I think, I believe it is the uh, tailed frog out in Abbotsford. So uh, we're really lucky to have so many experts and scientists to contribute like that. Um, but we we don't want to keep it just entirely dry. We think that there's different ways of communicating, and so uh, one of them is by including the the uh, photography uh, by Bruce and also other wildlife photographers that live around here, and artists because artists have uh, quite a bit to say as well. So Alan Serena, uh, Gary Howquist, uh, and our own Don Mayer uh, sitting across from me, uh, amongst others, have uh, done beautiful uh, paintings and, and drawings. And In fact, a uh, student of UFE named Chrissy Courtney mm-hmm. has been contributing a lot of artwork um, uh, for the magazine for a few years now, and we're really happy to have her on board. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's and at times we even get some poetry, <laughs> which is <laughs> some poetry, which, which is interesting too. You know, just to have, and of course they generally are environmentally based and, and stuff. And I really must say that I always enjoy every article that Val Pack writes about the endangered species. I mean, she obviously spends a lot of time doing fantastic research and and writing a very informative and interesting article. Every every issue she's had, I think she has contributed to every issue that we've put out. Am I right, Tracy? You're right. Yeah, she's our. Uh, uh, every issue has Valpac species at risk article on there, and, and we still have more more species at risk coming up in in upcoming issues. So interesting. Well, you know, uh, there's one thing the show uh, uh, really likes is to hear people say, you know, they do their research. Because it's one of our things of our show. We uh, try to encourage uh, skeptical thinking and uh, secular humanism, and you guys definitely fit into this category. Um, I wanted to abort the uh, question of local politics with you guys, because I know you guys are somewhat involved in that. But before that, uh, Liam, do you want to go into your science segment? Uh, yeah, sure. Hold on a sec. i got to find this. Okay. All yours, dude. So uh, today we're going to talk about swarming robots. Um, uh, A team of U.S. engineers at Harvard created 1,000 robots that uh, work together like uh, ants in a swarm to make any shape that they uh, give them. So they're just little cylinders, like uh, three centimeters around, with three legs, and they each have uh, infrared transmitters and receptors. And they they all have exactly the same program. They're they're identical to each other, all 1,000 of them. But when given uh, a picture, they will figure out how to make it with with their bodies so they can make like star shapes and rectangles and circles and things just by interacting with each other. Um, their their program is designed such that from one robot that sits still, they can connect and, and figure out how to make whatever shape they've been given. Um, it can take up to 12 hours, so it, it's not really fast, um, the the scientist who designed the program actually said that watching it work was like watching paint drying. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> but it's it's pretty neat that they, they were based on uh, ants that will uh, 
swarm together to make like houses or bridges or rafts or whatever they need that one ant couldn't do, but that a whole swarm of ants can. And so these robots are trying to replicate that in, in a way that we can use. It takes them so, up to 12 hours, you say? Yeah. So any shape, you, uh, uh, is it like a 2D shape? It's two-dimensional, yeah. Okay, okay, they're, they can do it. They're on a shape. tabletop, and they just vibrate to move. So they can move all over on the tabletop, and they can tell where their neighbors are. So then from one that doesn't move, they can build off of it on this flat plane and, and make up any two-dimensional shape. Fascinating, fascinating. Uh, it's almost like that, uh, that, that. Also, that story of that hitchhiking robot going across the country. That's pretty cool too. Yeah, robotics is coming leaps and bounds around here. And and when I hear a story like that, I I, I just think that it also makes you appreciate the nature so much more because yeah. so much work and so much research has gone into creating these little robots. But what they can do compared to a real ant is, is not much. Not yeah. much. Uh, or or a bee or or yeah. or any of uh, the creatures that are, are yeah. around there makes you really wonder. Cool. A lot of the time now we're seeing engineering that's based on nature. So they'll see something that works really well in nature and then try and replicate it in a lab so we can use it. Yeah, we should yeah. we should almost do a show on one of these things. There's there's even a field of study now called biomimicry. Yeah. It's exactly that. They they, they study nature and try to replicate it. They, uh, last I heard, they actually may managed to make a paint. Uh, what they call a lotus effect, uh, which actually is not completely uh, flat. It has little ridges in it, little bumps that you cannot see or feel, but dirt does not accumulate on it. Well, when it does, it washes away, so you don't have oh, to actually I wash it. I need that in my house. I know. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> was that it for you? Yes. That was it for your science segment. Hey, uh, anybody seen uh, where uh, Karen went by chance? No? No, apparently she's gone. She said she's uh, to the beer festival, I think. Yeah. Yeah. What, is, what do you think that means? Beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does mean beer. It does mean beer. I think she's on a, some kind of uh, research assignment. I don't we'll call think, it that. I think she's think? just drinking beer. Oh. She's, she's supporting th- the local economy. Oh, she is? She is. Yeah, by That's doing a very pro business attitude. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we're not anti business, but we're, we're for the local businesses uh, more than. Uh, multinational corporate Walmarts and things. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, now I guess we'll go with you guys with, we wanted to talk about a bit of politics. All right. Now, we heard a few minutes ago what Mayor Adlam thinks about you guys. Sort of. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> well, maybe, but we don't know that. <laughs> no, we don't know that. He, he was not available. Um what do you guys think? Do you, what do you, what do you, uh, you guys deal especially with mission mostly, I would assume, right? That's your primary focus is around mission? Well, mission is where we live, so we're paying close attention, watchdogging the process. Okay. But, uh, but the whole Fraser River ecosystem is concerned to us. Okay, of course, there's no, there's no borders when it comes to the ecosystem, no. right? Especially with, when it comes to the gravel. It's it yeah. is happening in Chilliwack. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. happening in the Agassiz area. It's happening in in Dudney de Roche area, which you know. So it's not just in Mission itself. In Lake Erock. Lake yeah. Erock area. Yeah, yeah. That's that's where I was thinking of. I couldn't remember the name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was I was trying to get uh, I was trying to get uh, Wendy Bales to come to have one show because they have a lot of issues with the gravel in her neck of the woods. Right. So uh, it'd be a, a show to look uh, at. So um, at this point, local governments, what do you guys think of them around here? Do I have to be polite? No, you don't have to. This is internet radio. <laughs> you can even swear as much as you want. I, I'm quite disappointed 
at the, the conduct of the local governments in the sense that they they don't seem to take into account the the values, the natural va- values, the cultural values, the social values of our community, and and instead are really uh, very resource oriented and and uh, quite destructive, frankly. Um, big concern. It seems to be that it's growth at any cost for these people, and and uh, any kind of environmental regulation is something that they ad- abhor um, or d- uh, don't even listen to things like the Sturgeon Society warning them right now about these barges. So we're quite disappointed. We, we think that a lot more could be done if uh, we looked at a more balanced approach, an approach that looks at a green economy and a local economy and uh, really um, enhances and reaps the benefits of the incredible uh, assets that we have here in Mission, like the salmon. I mean, like the sports fishery for the sturgeon. They've just landed some of the, uh, uh, the biggest sturgeon that have ever been caught Oh, really? Up in Hatsik, uh, yeah, this is this is an incredibly important place, and yet uh, these people. Oh, jeez, I don't. Yeah. I know it was pretty big, and and there, I mean, I caught a six-footer about two, three years ago. It was, yeah. Oh, quite a bit bigger than that. Yeah, yeah. it was a record uh, record-sized sturgeon uh, just just happened, and two in a row actually. Wow. And that's because. Uh, our river hasn't been destroyed here in Mission. It's it's uh, part of the heart of the Fraser, and these fish are, are very dependent on it. So I, I want to go back to what you were saying when you were saying, you know, uh, people are dredging the river, and you say it's bad, and it's not to protect against flood. Uh, it's counterintuitive, I must admit, because, you know, when people say, well, dredge the river because it doesn't want to overflow banks, that's what the average person thinks. You were saying, and you have articles to back it up, obviously, as you're flipping this, yeah. and that's not the case. No. Um, there's a very good article by Dr. Marvin Rosno in, uh, I just have to find which issue it is, that uh, it looks at the uh, uh, hydrology studies and, and how this dredging occurs, and, and it's based on the uh, speed of the current uh, flowing down the river where the gravel deposits. And when you start dredging that or removing it, it just builds up somewhere else and then, the, and then fills in again. So it's, it's not um, really doing much good in terms of digging down the river. Um, and also, uh, it's uh, uh, extremely damaging. So it's, it's, it's kind of a misnomer that, uh, that this mm-hmm. is going to protect us from floods. Also, uh, he's, he's pointed out that even... Uh, major dredging uh, what like they're talking about might lower the river level like something like uh, an inch or two uh, when that's not going to stop a major flood from occurring so what we'd be much better off doing is limiting development in the floodplain and it's uh, quite astonishing to me that the same people that are calling for dredging and more more destruction of the river are also calling for more development right in the floodplain where it would be at risk of, of damage. Uh, even things like uh, toxic soil remediation is has been uh, uh, proposed, accepted by council, and will be adopted on Monday right there, right de- behind the... Uh, the Walmart there on uh, the banks of the Fraser River oh, is what they're me. talking about. So they're going to no. put toxic soil behind the Walmart? Yes. Oh, Why no. did they choose that location? 
There's nobody living there right somebody now. Applied and yeah. wow. Somebody applied, and and that's the way it goes uh, these days. Yeah. So, no, it's it's a very bad idea. Yeah. Uh, so. Well, it's bad enough an idea. They, they had to put a Walmart there, but is that cat driving you nuts? Because we can pause this and just get rid of the cat. <laughs> cat's fine. The cat's fine. The cat's very curious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's... Is it just a young one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, fairly young. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a year old. Oh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, let's not... Beautiful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we just crashed a show because of that cat. All right. Yeah. But, <laughs> should I, oh, but, uh, but people that would want to learn a little bit more about this should look at our issue 10, the one with the raccoon on the front cover, because uh, that's uh, where Dr. Rosano has a, a whole essay on this very thing about flood protection and gravel reach. How many issues you guys are in so far? I mean, you guys have been doing this for a couple of years now. Yeah, uh, we've just fi- uh, released issue 12. Oh. And 13's already in the works, so. Isn't that great? I think this is I think this is episode 12 of our show anyway. Isn't is that it? perfect? I think so. Well, I'm not sure. We're all in sync <laughs> now. We're all in sync. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I really appreciate uh, just being on here because I think uh, we have something in common. Uh, we're trying to uh, uh, overcome apathy and bring people together and get, get out the uh, word and awareness in a uh, quality information to the, the community. And, and I think that's kind of the same of what you're doing here, Kevin. Uh, um, in, in a in a different format. Well, you know, I'm just trying to be a bit entertaining at the same time. You know, I'm, I'm just a guy with a megaphone, in a sense. <laughs> no. We're all on a common stage too, right? Yeah, of course. You yeah. don't have to be directly doing stuff if you're bringing people in who are right. Then you're just spreading the word. Well, yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to help. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we'll put this on pause for now, and we're going to get into this new segment. Yes. I want. Oh, it's firing line. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. I just want your what you guys think about this. This is a new segment called Things That Make You Go Hmm. I called this from a website that's called HardDawn.com. This is one of those government conspiracy websites. And I thought I'd ask because, you know, when you guys, when you get an uh, organization that cause that tries to do great things, you guys are probably victim of conspiracies too. Would I be correct? <laughs> There's yeah. probably some people out there saying, oh, you know, these cause people, they're cranks, they're, you know. So anyway. Never, never, never. <laughs> <laughs> well, I saw this article and I had to, I had to write this down. I just want your honest to God opinion on that. <laughs> no pun intended. The article is entitled, Are Atheists, Are Militant Atheists Using Chemtrails to Poison Angels in Heaven? Yeah. Silence! <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> well, the funny uh, thing is, I started reading the article, and they go into crop testing, and the, you know, how it happened in the 60s, and after that, they jumped to Vietnam and Agent Orange, you know, and, uh, and then they <laughs> got into, they, according to them, and the, this government conspiracy website, it, they, it got perfected into chemtrails. Now, if you don't know what a chemtrail is, it's uh, the, the, the theory that planes are flying out there dropping some kind of unknown chemical X into the atmosphere to make the populace subservient. Um, yeah, so they're not sure exactly what chemical is sprayed in there, but there is a vigorous debate uh, that it could be a chemical to 
do a population reduction or population apathy. And if it's apathy, it's working, that's for sure. But the reduction mm. in population isn't working. No, yeah. that's not working. But, you well, know, hey, it doesn't stop them from, uh, from promoting that. Well, uh, I, don't, I don't know uh, about chemtrails, but I do know there's a lot of contamination uh, floating around, and some of it is dropped by planes. Yeah, well, um, it would be the normal, yeah. Yeah. Well, normal, uh, normal or, or kerosene not. engine. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and other things too, like pesticides and oh, yeah. so forth. Yeah. Crop dusters. Just uh, just the last week, uh, we witnessed uh, over a thousand dead bees on uh, Keystone Avenue, uh, uh, about two blocks from where we live, in about a 50 meter uh, section of the road, uh -huh. and, and uh, it's likely that that was some sort of poison. So That's another show, uh, by the way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Show all uh, on the bees. We should mm -hmm. totally do that. Yeah. Well, according to the site, apparently. Um, What's happening in the world right now is because it's promoted by the Science Industrial Complex. I've never heard of a Science Industrial no, Complex. No, neither have I. <laughs> yeah. Because scientism, that's not even a word. Well, apparently it's been promoted ever since President Johnson came in. So this, this website is saying that big bad scientists are trying to rule the world there. Uh, they're saying, according to the site, quote, Globalist atheists who despise the power of faith are using science to try to stop Christianity by attempting to murder Jesus' angels <laughs> of love with chemtrails of unknown poison, which also reduces the nation's faith. <laughs> which, of course, leads to sodomy, terrorist, and perversion, etc., etc., etc. Are you shitting me? I think that sounds rather bizarre, but uh, there has been quite a silencing of silence, uh, scientists. Uh, to yes. the federal government. Especially and, uh, here in the country. Also the provincial government. Uh, uh, even Dr. Rosano, who I've referred to, uh, was removed from his position for speaking out about the uh, Fraser River and development at Silvermere Island on the Stave River. So, you know, that... Uh, we, we we value science. We, we think people should know this information, and uh, we're very concerned about that trend to silence. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I don't know why, but lately there has been. Of course, we do we do a lot of, uh, of episodes on atheism and faith and all that. But I don't know if it goes hand in hand. But this distrust of science, all of a sudden, you know, people don't seem to understand that science is a tool, and you know, it's used. It could be used for good or bad in a way. Yeah, I mean, you guys are using it to to promote, uh, you know, co conservation and stuff like that, and that's a very good thing. So I don't know why these people are. Where are they going with that stuff? But anyway, it's well, out there. I, the the only real reason to distrust science, I think, is if you know that you're at the losing end of the data. Because if you use good method, then you always come up with the truth. So the only reason to really fear it is if you're wrong and know it but want to hide it, right? Yeah, well, that's a good point. But science can also be used, I guess, for um, always wondering who's sponsoring the science, right? Yeah. I mean, science and data could be manipulated to just about say a lot of things. And that's a very good point because a lot of the people may not realize this, but uh, when these development projects and uh, big industry projects are presented, the science and the environmental studies are almost always done by um, consultants hired by the proponent. So it's, you know, yeah, it, 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 uh, it leads to questions about bias about objectivity, about how much is actually coming out and how much is being held back. And, uh, and we've seen that the, a lot of times these, these people will be very different opinions from the government scientists or independent science uh, scientists. So mm -hmm. you've got to know who, 
who they're working for. You almost need a, a third body that could do it objectively for all cases. Yeah. I think that would be a great idea. Yeah. Cause they leave out the, the things that we really need to know, yeah. and they just give mm-hmm. us the wee bit of information that, that mm-hmm. helps their cause. Yeah, I, I, I almost wish that, you know, whatever happened to the public intellectual? You know, today everything is a t- think tank. And they need a lot of money, and they're sponsored by stuff, and everybody listens to them, and I don't know why. They don't make sense half the time. Yeah, and people oh. think the Fraser Institute is just a little god. Oh, <laughs> god. Fraser. Yeah, the Fraser Institute. <laughs> Let's not get started on that one. Doesn't have anything to do with the river at all. No, no, no. No, it has nothing to do with that. Another one, huh? <laughs> you can't handle the truth! <laughs> so, um, are you guys... Uh, pushing anybody uh, or putting your support behind somebody uh, because the elections are coming up, the muni- uh, municipal elections are coming up in November, soon already. Uh, do you guys have anybody in your uh, crosshairs that you really kind of like? Uh, well, I don't know about you, Joanne, um, but... Uh, I haven't seen anybody yet. No. Uh, I'm still waiting. Right now we have, uh, uh, like it's been mentioned, a very pro-development uh, council, and, and I think that uh, most of them sound like they're going to be running again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, also a uh, former mayor and MLA of this area, who's also very pro-development uh, and uh, ironically was... Um, uh, the guy that put this slate of people together now running against them. So that's... Uh, I was actually there for that. <laughs> two uh, yeah. rather uh, negative choices. I'm hoping somebody a little bit more uh, rounded and environmental comes forward. Mm, yes. Unfortunately, when it comes to the environmentalists, there's never the money behind it, and they don't get to put out these big, stupid papers that get distributed to everybody that That's most right. people That's read right. and then they think, oh, well, this might be a good idea. So next thing you know, you've got this slate of people that are elected. And what do we have? We have worse than what we've had before. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, what's new for you guys? What's what's going on after this? Bonus round. Where, where's cause going? What's in the future for you guys? Well, I I think we're just going to build on uh, our magazine right now and uh, try to uh, increase our dissemination and our power. We're we're building around them. We're making alliances. We're we're um, connecting with people, and we're distributing further and further abroad. So, I I think we're going to uh, stay the course with this and and see where it takes us for as long as the ride lasts. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to ask these wonderful people at cause? No. No? (laughs) (laughs) You covered your bases, I think. Yeah. 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 Thank you. (laughs) So, um, I, I gotta ask, um, you don't have to answer, uh, but a magazine like that, you said you guys have to cover the the printing costs, obviously. How much does it cost to, to print out something like that? Um, well, we print out about 2200 mm-hmm. that we distribute free, yeah. and the cost to do that is about $1,500 an issue. So that's what we do about three three times a year, so about $5,000 a year is what we need to uh, to raise to, to continue to do this. Uh, um, not in one spot necessarily, but uh, every little bit helps. Every support we get is 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 very much appreciated. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like I have to add, it's a small core group of people who've been doing a lot of fundraising to 
to try to put this magazine out because we feel very strongly that this is the way to educate people to hopefully um, make them more aware of the environment and not just live in this little square box that they live in. And, um, yeah, we really need support from people, especially financial support. Mm -hmm. It would be very helpful. If they need to find you, where can they find you? Uh, They can uh, visit our website, which is footprintpress.ca, and there's contact form on that, as well as all of the issues and back issues in color, which is a nice uh, uh, thing to see, and um, all, or they can email me uh, b dot c a u s s at gmail dot com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're supposed to keep it rolling. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> rolling, <laughs> rolling. <laughs> I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> 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 oh goodness. <laughs> We're having fun here. Way too much fun. <laughs> well, jeez. Oh, Are you deleting us? No, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to find... Uh, I can't find it. Uh, I think that's it. We'll be back. Did you ever wonder if there's more to life than what is in the holy books? Do you think you can be good without God? Would you rather think skeptically than rely on blind faith? You are not alone. You are not alone. You are not alone. Dude, you're not alone. You're not alone. You are not alone. You are not alone. Join us at the Fraser Valley Atheists, Skeptics and Humanists. Be amongst friends. Find us at fvash.com. All right, and we're back. And I just wanted to do one little thing, and uh, I just want to do a bit of a, I want to have a little conversation here. Um, Robin Williams passed away, and uh, before we, I want to talk about a bit about him, but before we do that, I just want to go into my rant. Okay, and I called it The Passing of a Comedian, which was actually published in the Times. Or was it the Mission Record? He was described as a thunderstorm of comedic genius. He was everything from a quirky alien, a magical genie, a caring cross-dressing father, a comedian doctor, an inspiring mentor in the many movie roles he played over the years. Robin Williams passed away this week of apparent suicide after battling depression. Although I cannot possibly measure how much she contributed to popular culture, the last lesson of this amazing talent was to unfortunately join an already long line of celebrities gone too soon, dead by something all too preventable. Perhaps, what's this, uh, perhaps what hits us the most is that while Williams made us smile so much and forget the drudgery of everyday life, we, society, were not there for his needs. Under the rubber-faced, gigantic smile he displayed, laid a man desperate for help. Does his death haunt us because we cannot understand how one achieving so much would suffer as such, 
or because it holds up a mirror to society's face. One who says, what have you done for me lately, without ever returning the favor? Did our preoccupation with immediate gratification make us blind to the needs of one man, even as he gave 100% to us in front of the camera? Did the stigma of mental illness or difficulties stop us from noticing and caring, or stop him from trying to get help? The greatest lesson Williams gave us was to question why we wouldn't see, or we couldn't see, or stop the pain he felt. It's just a shame that he had to die to try to get us to focus on mental health. I hope that we don't forget this lesson too soon. We are all related on this blue planet hurling through the immensity of space. Seems like a waste to pursue a life of selfish pleasures when the jester besides you weeps inside. If you cared about the man behind the smile, open your eyes to people around you. You might save a life, and that is the best tribute to the funny man. Old Captain, my Captain. Can I add something to that? You may. Well, and we've just recently realized that he was in the beginning stages of Parkinson's. I lived with somebody who had Parkinson's for the last six years Mm -hmm. and have witnessed firsthand how debilitating it can be. But at the same time, there is lots of help there for people and they need to be able to reach out and get that help from the Parkinson's Society and, and do things like that because it's not usually a reason for dying. There's generally a different reason why they do why they do die. Yeah. We'll, we'll never know, I mean, if he, if that's what pushed him over the edge, the fact that he found that out, or he was just general and, depression. And depression goes along with Parkinson's. I think you'll find that probably 80% of Parkinson's patients yeah. have depression. And that's one of the things that I found James had the most problem dealing with, and yet most people would never have known that he that he had depression at times. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, it all kind of comes back together because, uh, it's, like I said, it's uh, there's something about his death. You know, if celebrities die on a regular basis. We see, like, Lauren Bacall died and all that. But the outpouring that went out for Robin Williams really kind of reflects on how we felt. You know, uh, there's some, there's nothing more tragic as, the, the, the like I said, the, the, the comedy man, the funny man that goes out there, and he's the one who's suffering the most. And I, I think it, I think it grabbed people. And it's an opportunity for us to figure out what's going on, and we need to be more attentive to other people's needs. And if he did uh, decide to take his life because of Parkinson, and we all know that Parkinson has uh, apparently uh, environmental uh, debuts in a way, right? I mean, it, it's they're trying to study that and see yeah. if, if if environmental issues have caused Parkinson's. I know I often wondered in my case because my husband worked in diesel engines all his life. Yeah. So did that contribute to the fact that he had the Parkinson's? And he probably had it for many years before we really realized what was wrong with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there is uh, quite a bit of literature that's linking toxins and contaminants to Parkinson's and other neurodegenerative neurodegen- diseases. Right. So, uh, for example, things like synthetic uh, drugs uh, have induced severe Parkinson's in, in young people with just a couple of doses uh, um, because of it destroying certain areas of the brain. So so I guess we have to thank guys like you guys who are the on the forefront of environmentalism. Who knows? Maybe by your actions somehow, maybe you're saving somebody in the future. No, we hope so. We I mean, hope I, so. I think the only way is through education. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's what makes people stop and, and listen and, and hopefully 
you know, think. learn and think about things because that's what we want people to be, think for themselves, yeah. not to go along with the big crowd. Hmm. Well, thank you guys. One more time, if people want to take care of uh, trying to find out where the Footprint Press is, uh, where, how they can get a hold of you. Footprintpress.ca. Come it's, see a, us. it's available in every library in the Lower Mainland, I think. And I think every time any of us go into a store or in a restaurant, we generally try to leave one or two coffees behind. Awesome. <laughs> well, thank you so much, guys. Thanks for coming. Uh, Thanks, Kevin. And you're welcome you. anytime you want to come back and you want to give us an update, anything like that, feel free to come back. We're, we're all friends here. It was and fun. Yeah, well, I'm glad you liked okay. it. Okay, thank you for inviting us. We didn't crash that too much. And uh, if people want to reach us, you can always go on our website, www.leftatthevalue.com. You can send us your love mail, your hate mail, whatever it is. If you've got a subject we want to talk, you want us to talk about, let us know. You know, We'll take a look at it. Liam, thank you so much for co-hosting. Yes, thank you. Until next time, take care. <laughs>